another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. With me today is a rookie to our ranks, and it's Sarah Zach. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Hi, Bill. We're going to talk about something that we've been seeing in the news quite a bit lately and has intrigued me, and that is the problem of microplastics in our environment. So maybe you should start by telling us what microplastics are and how do they get into our, our ecosystems? Sure. So microplastic is a term um, that's used really just to describe small pieces of plastic. Um, and when I say small, they typically range up to about five millimeters or um, half a centimeter in size. So they are really quite small. And some of them, it's very difficult to see with the naked eye. Um, they come in a couple of different forms. Uh, microbeads are those small circular scrubbers that are in some personal care products. Um, fragments, which are broken down bits of other larger plastic debris, like water bottles and things like that. Um, foam, which is broken down pieces of essentially styrofoam. Um, film, which are smaller pieces of things like food wrappers. And then um, fibers, which shed from synthetic fabrics like fleece, um, often in your washing machine. Um, a lot of these end up in our water by really simple methods, like overflowing trash bins that get hit with a gust of wind and blow an empty water bottle or a food wrapper into a river or a lake. Over time, um, that plastic weathers and breaks down into smaller pieces. Um, some of them, like fibers, end up getting released into our rivers and uh, lakes with wastewater treatment. Um, wastewater effluent carries them. Um, and fibers, which come from wastewater effluent primarily, are the most common type of microplastic that are found in the Great Lakes. Um, and they pretty much come from our washing machines. Hmm, interesting. So it sounds like it's mostly an aquatic pollution type problem. What yes. effect does it have on fish and other aquatic organisms? So there have been a lot of really interesting studies that have come out recently looking at the effect of these plastics on aquatic organisms. Um, there was an experiment done feeding um, polyethylene plastic beads to oysters in a lab experiment. Um, and those oysters showed a major reduction in reproductive success. Um, there was another study that demonstrated um, that larval fish weren't very responsive to predators when they were exposed to plastics. And not only did they get eaten more often by predators, but they also chose to eat plastic rather than eating their natural prey. Um, so it's interesting because you can see that there's a lot of potential impacts, um, not only on natural ecosystems, but also on things that we may rely on for our food supply. Hmm. So it could have a, an effect on us, too, on our uh, human health. Potentially, yeah. One of the concerns about microplastics isn't necessarily the plastic itself, but what might be on the plastic. Uh, persistent organic pollutants, which are pretty common in our environment, um, things like PCBs, um, PAHs, and pesticides, they can all adsorb onto these microplastics. So then when an aquatic organism eats this plastic, it can then absorb those toxins as the plastic passes through the digestive system. And we don't really know a lot about um, what kind of toxins may be transferred into aquatic organisms because they're in contact with plastics. Interesting. So all that said, though, these are really an emerging science. So 
the jury's sort of still out on what kind of long-term effect microplastics are going to have. I, I don't want people to get um, get too worried. There haven't been any studies that demonstrate negative impacts on people from eating seafood, for example. Um, there was a study published not that long ago that found microplastic in natural sea salts, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I just kind of think that that points to the fact that these things have probably been pretty widespread in the environment for a long time. Hmm. So a lot of what one reads talks about um, coastal areas and, yeah. and this problem. Does it have a specific application to Illinois and our bodies of water? Yeah, I think it does, not just from a, a Great Lakes standpoint, but, but really statewide. You know, Illinois is a, is a water-rich state, um, but we all get our water in different ways, and it, it, the availability of water varies really widely from place to place. Um, a large portion of northeastern Illinois gets their water from Lake Michigan, um, but surface water from rivers and reservoirs provides water throughout Illinois. Um, 68% of people in our state use surface water for their community water system. Um, and residents that are in more rural areas may utilize private shallow wells then and septic systems for their water supply. And I think that microplastics in particular has a, has a, a pretty unique impact on the people that are utilizing septic systems and the people who are utilizing groundwater. So a lot of the microplastics, like microbeads and fibers, are generated from wastewater. So wherever that wastewater goes, this contamination could potentially pose a problem. Um, wastewater treatment plants, plants weren't designed to remove particles as small as, as for example, fibers. Um, so then they end up released back into the environment with the treated wastewater. Um, this poses a problem for septic systems and septic fields too, because microplastics over time can cause soil impaction and, and then create drainage problems or build up in your septic tank. Hmm. And, and I also think that it's just an issue too with keeping our water clean. Um, if you fish or boat or swim, um, whether it's in Lake Michigan or on the Sangamon River or, or in Carlisle Lake, um, you should be concerned about those water bodies being healthy because uh, that means that it's safe to recreate in those water bodies. So keeping microplastic out of the environment um, is good for everyone, because once it's there, um, it's pretty difficult and, and can be impossible to remove. So what can we do to help? How, how do we stop it at the source? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can, can help contribute to keeping these things out of the environment. Um, one of the best and the simplest ways is to just try to keep plastics out of the environment making sure you don't litter, making sure you use proper trash receptacles um, is a great way to keep this plastic from entering the environment. Single-use plastic like straws um, and bottled water, if you can reduce your, your use of those things, that's also another really easy change because those are the plastics that break down into fragments. Um, another great way is to be a well-informed consumer and make sure that there's no plastic in your personal care products. Uh, you'd be surprised by how many personal care products um, like deodorants and face washes and makeup um, contain plastic. Things like polyethylene and polypropylene. Um, if you look in the ingredients list and you find one of those two things, then your product contains plastic. I was surprised to find out that my mascara that I use contained polyethylene. So I switched to another brand. Um, 
at the federal level, we have the, the Microbead Free Waters Act, which was passed in 2015. And that's going to ensure that microbeads are phased out and removed from rinse-off personal care products um, by this July. Um, but there are a lot of products that aren't necessarily addressed by that law. Um, and then lastly, I would say the, the trickiest one is the fibers. Um, they're a little trickier to prevent because they shed naturally just in your wash and dry cycles. And, and for people that aren't quite that familiar with this, essentially what I'm talking about is dryer lint, except the kind that's generated by your washing machine that you can't see. It ends up in the rinse cycle, it ends up going to wastewater treatment plants. And that's really a lot trickier to prevent. So if you can reduce the frequency that, that some of your non-natural fabrics get washed um, or spot clean them whenever possible, uh, that's, that's really helpful. And it also saves water too. Um, there are a couple products on the market that you can purchase. Um, I don't really recommend them as being that necessary, but they're out there. If, you're, you know, if this is something that you wanna go for, you can buy a filter that can be installed on your washing machine. Um, and then there are wash bags coming out on the market now, similar to those that are made for delicates that catch fiber. So you can throw your fleece jacket in them, for example, um, and it'll catch the fibers on the inside and you can kind of scrape them off and just put them in your trash. I don't think that people in Illinois are gonna stop wearing fleece. It's um, pretty cold in Illinois. So, yeah. um, so I think that's the, a, a good alternative. Um, it's just spot cleaning and, and maybe looking into buying one of those those bags if they're not very expensive. Sounds good. Well, for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wasner and Sarah Zach.